In this video, we'll look at roles for key stakeholders to support and sustain learning for health systems. We will look at best practices from a range of contexts, recognizing that learning is not a one-size-fits-all model and that every health system needs to carefully consider its goals, available resources, and the most appropriate next steps. Let's jump right in. The first stakeholder group that we will look at are policymakers and planners. These include ministries, directorates, and departments of health. The list of key roles here is not exhaustive and it covers a wide range of areas for work. Thus, as you likely also have experienced in your own context, having a system-wide learning strategy and approach requires leadership at this high level. Let's look at an example of the roles of policymakers and planners in practice from Kerala, India, as the health system learned from the experience of responding to previous infectious disease outbreaks in order to effectively respond to COVID-19. A key lesson came from an outbreak of Nipah virus in 2018 to 2019, where a whole-of-government response was necessary. In order to effectively conduct large-scale contact tracing and communications, multiple departments needed to work together to plan, set up policies, mobilize workers, and coordinate on operations. A set of working committees was set up, each with terms of reference and clear reporting lines. These committees were mobilized again for the COVID-19 response, and while much needed to be learned about how to adapt existing practices and knowledge to the rapidly changing COVID-19 landscape, the existing relationships and extensive experience and tacit knowledge within the system provided a basis for navigating the COVID-19 response. Now, let's look at roles for health programs, facilities, and teams. These teams can include workers providing care as well as management and other teams. The list here is not exhaustive, but provides some examples of the kinds of important roles that can be taken on at an organization or team level. Now, let's look at an example of setting up a peer-to-peer -peer learning intervention to address under-5 and neonatal mortality in Mozambique. Despite significant progress, under-5 mortality rates were 78 per 1,000 live births in 2015. Neonatal deaths had nearly halved over the preceding 20 years, but remained at 27 per thousand live births. The ratio of maternal and child health nurses to women of reproductive age was very low, and nurses had often not received high-quality training, they were overworked, and the health system was still establishing a mechanism for that training. In order to address these challenges, district-level leadership and peer-to-peer -peer learning were required. The Ministry of Health established the Integrated District Evidence to Action, or IDEAS, program in two provinces. District managers conducted semi-annual assessments and provided feedback meetings to identify gaps at facility level and develop action plans with frontline workers to address them. Frontline workers received supportive supervision and worked in facility level teams to assess data and strengthen skills in communication and other negotiation. Learning also took place across facilities to help each other understand and find solutions to challenging problems. Though not without challenges, including the need for strong planning and coordination mechanisms, the program created an environment conducive to learning and experience sharing and has enabled the translation of knowledge into action at the facility and district levels. This in turn set up conditions in which teams and programs can effectively work towards improving health outcomes such as under five and neonatal mortality. Here is a list of some key roles that communities and civil society can play in supporting learning for health systems. 
While these actors may not be part of the formal health system, they can make key contributions particularly related to community engagement, supporting accountability structures to enhance and capture citizen voices, and to empower communities with critical information about their rights and how the health system functions. An example of engaging communities in civil society comes from Guatemala, which has a substantial indigenous population, 70% of whom live in rural areas where they speak native languages and maintain cultural traditions. These regions suffer from lack of access to health services and also lack of trust of service providers and the broader health system. In 2014, a non-governmental organization called CEGSS began a new initiative to overcome these challenges by facilitating the involvement of the indigenous communities in several key functions related to health systems governance. This included training of indigenous communities on policy, engagement with local authorities, and how to contribute to participatory governance. The training was set up to mirror indigenous deliberative processes and build longer-term mentored relationships between trainers and communities while conducting all of the training in indigenous languages. CEGSS also provided information and facilitated engagement with local authorities and health workers so that they could understand the new initiative and strengthen their engagement with communities. Over the following years, communities collectively addressed a range of challenges, including lack of ambulance services and availability of essential medicines, including a meeting with the Minister of Health. The community capacity and linkages between key stakeholders has now set up a meaningful and impactful example that can be built upon and scaled up further. Research councils and organizations and educational councils and training organizations can also play key and offer an interconnected roles in supporting learning and health systems. The roles laid out here are some common ones, and you can also likely think of others that come into play in your own context. Let's look at one example from Thailand that engages both research and education stakeholders. Of course, many universities, university collaborations, and multi-agency working groups can play these kinds of roles. In Thailand's International Health Policy Program, or IHPP, which worked to provide embedded training and long-term fellowships in order to increase evidence use in policy, the program focused on training and then retaining those professionals in Thailand. In parallel, a close-knit team of health systems researchers at national level engage with public sector leaders to address complex research questions, such as how to achieve goals during the implementation of universal health coverage.